Welcome to Maddie and the Caddy. I'm Matt Barry. Today on the podcast, we're keeping the guest train rolling. Caddy's going to be talking to Ryan Leaf. Coming up in just a little bit, he's promised some more celebrity guests on the road. I'm not holding my breath, but we'll see if we can hold him to that. Plus, we'll talk a little Tiger and Phil at the Genesis Invitational. A couple things I need to note before we get started. Please subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend, tweet at us, steal someone's phone, subscribe for them. It helps us out and greatly helps the show. It helps more people find the show. And be sure to check out the newest podcast on the ESPN roster, SV Pod. He's back every Tuesday evening. He's got Gonzaga head basketball coach Mark Few on the show. It's a great interview. Find it wherever you listen to your podcast. And finally, we need to check in with one of our friends at Echelon. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton of overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at home cycling experience at less than half the price of Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone. Busy moms, busy dads, it's all for you. First responders, elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we will give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Now listen to this. Go to echelonfit.com slash Maddie, M-A-T-T-Y, to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash Maddie. Echelonfit.com slash Maddie. Now on to the show. Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. So let's get started now. Excited uh, for today's podcast. As always, hit us up at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and, C-I-D-D-I-E. That is about the Instagram and the Twitter and see what happens when Caddy's joining us from uh, Riviera Country Club in L.A. When he actually shares some of his other stuff, we get good engagements on social media, Caddy. <laughs> When you when you shared your Phil Mickelson stuff, our, the patrons loved it. So quit being selfish. I'm not trying to be selfish. You know what I mean? I just, as a guy who makes fun of the quote unquote influencers, <laughs> if you saw if you saw the post that I put out from Universal Studios of this young woman like taking selfies of herself for 35 minutes, yeah. Straight, I was waiting for my boys to get off a ride and like I look over my shoulder and this lady's like trying to do all of these poses and flicking her hair and then looking at the shots and deleting all of them and doing it again. And I just don't want to be that guy. Like, so I try to be a one take wonder, but also in doing that, like, I don't know, I have to get out of the habit of feeling weird not just posting it on my spot, but posting it on our spot too, because I know it helps and I know I should. What I got to do is I got to post it on our spot first yeah, and then grab it for my spot. Let me help you out here. I, I know what an Instagram model looks like and you're not it. 
No, that, but that's why I do everything <laughs> in one take. If he, you want to hear something funny? Yesterday during the Celebrity Cup, it was this like second or third time that I've hung out with Josh Dumel. Pretty. Is he coming on the program? Yes, he will be. Great. Thank you very much. Um, we'll get to today's guest in a minute, but please tell yeah, us. Yeah, but please. so at, I'm, I stand there with Josh and his girlfriend is there as well, who was like former, I don't know, Miss Universe or something. Like, Shocking. She is, she, yes, yeah, she is former <laughs> and current Miss Stunningly Stop Traffic Beautiful. Like, right. how about that? Like, you could just walk around with a sash all the time. Plus, they're both really cool and down to earth. So I told Josh, I was like, man, I like having you as a friend because I'll never get cocky on how I look. <laughs> and he laughed and I was like, hold up, I'm going to do a quick video about that. Yeah. And so that's up on my Instagram now of me going to them and talking about how no matter how hot you think you are, as long as you got a friend that's better looking to you. And Josh Dumel is like six four. Like stone cut out of marble. Yeah, it's really annoying. He's really annoying. Right. And, but the worst part, he's such a nice guy. I know. And so is his girlfriend. And then she was, of course, she was he, being nice and was like, Oh my gosh, you got such beautiful eyes. And I was like, that is awesome. Is he going to go? All of me was eyes. Yes. Oh, uh, now I hate him. Yeah. Six he, four, in shape, wildly handsome and good at golf. Yeah. Like imagine Tom Brady as an actor. No. And probably a little, I think he's a little better looking. I'm comfortable enough, you know, in my own skin to be able to say, like, Josh Dumel is a really handsome guy. And he's and good I'm, at golf. Yes. And he play like, he plays good golf too. I don't know that I want him on the podcast. <laughs> I got bad news for you. The guest that we have on the podcast this week. Yeah. Another really good looking dude. Like who is also good at golf? All right, tell and us lefty. about Tell us about this week, Ryan Leaf. Yeah, who we spent a lot of yesterday on the 18th green reminiscing about the practical joke that he, I, and Don Cheadle played, which you'll get into in the interview. Yes, I'm. Yes, we're we're definitely going to talk about that because it was. It I knew. Two things. I knew that we were hitting a nerve with people mm -hmm. doing it because number one, um, at the time, the big, big boss, Rob King, sent me an email. Right? Which when your big boss sends you an email, either you're doing something really right or you're doing something really yeah, wrong. Yeah, you get the old stomach drop twice. <laughs> right. When you see a text message or a missed call or an email from the big, big boss, like you're not better. Your stomach better not just a little bit. You know what I mean? Depending on what the subject is. The old says. pucker up. Yeah, a little bit. Just squeeze the cheeks just a little bit. <laughs> and the other thing that I, the other reason I knew that what we were doing was really good was because I got a text from my wife who also in all caps had a WTF. <laughs> Are you doing all caps? <laughs> so which we laughed. And then there was another celebrity who sent me a text message and was like, yo, what's, what's Don's problem? <laughs> well, you. You guys can find it. They, they, you, you'll, you'll it's he'll explain way back this on he... my Instagram. Yeah. But if you go digging onto my Instagram far enough, it's it back in like 2018 and it was at the BMW championship. It really is so, a good watch. So we'll, you yeah, guys will catch up on that storyline. Uh, due yeah, to it's... scheduling conflicts, I will not be a part of the interview with Oliver Hudson. Uh, caddies out there, 
kissing up to all the celebrities in LA at the Genesis Genesis Invitational, which by the way, it's Tiger's return to golf for the first time since Torrey Pines, finished ninth at Torrey Pines a few weeks back, uh, which I thought was a good showing for him. um, It was okay. Down in San Diego, top 10. Uh, Good to see Tiger out there, but he's back at a place now where he's the host. It's an Invitational, got that status. It's a big week for Tiger for several reasons. And look, here's the, here's the story with Tiger, every the time rub. he tees it up, is he going to get number 83? Is he going to pass Oof. Sam Snead? Can he complete a great story this week at Riv, at Riviera Country Club in L.A.? First tournament is the Kobe this, Bryant death. We know that he and Kobe were close. Yes. So many things, Caddy, you're out this there. Set, oh. set, the, set the tone. That's going to be the biggest problem. I mean, think about this is the first event he's played since, well, you got to remember, everyone, that Tiger didn't find out about Kobe until he walked off of the course at Torrey. So this is the first tournament he's playing since then. This is also the first year that the Genesis became the Genesis Invitational. Mm-hmm. So it's a smaller field. It is a bigger purse. It also now is a three-year exemption. Like, it is a, it is on par and on the same tier as the Memorial, Jack Nicholas's event, and the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And Tiger talked about that in his press conference. This course also has history with Tiger. It's one of the first tournaments that he ever came to. It's yeah. one of the first tournaments he ever teed up in a professional event as a 16-year-old kid. He also does not have a good history here, and it wrangles him. And, oh, yeah, he's going for win number 83. He's never now, won at Riviera, which is no. stunning. Stunning to everybody who knows and covers golf. I don't understand why. No one does. Tiger, what? It's easy. You can't be wild with the driver here, or you will pay the ultimate price. Tiger's so, wild with the driver. So go and everywhere one. else he gets Tiger bounces. But, see, the problem with... Here is the length of this golf course versus the other guys. You got to remember a couple of years ago, Dustin Johnson destroyed this place. He did. Last year when J.B. Holmes won, remember, we went 33 holes on one day. Because of the weather, it was nasty, it was and horrible. it was cold. And it was cold. Yeah, it was freezing. Like, Tiger left here and played Mexico, when, and he was hurt. Like, he left here hurt to go play the WGC. So this year the weather looks phenomenal comparatively to last year. There's no rain in the forecast. Knock on wood. There might be some wind on the weekend. That's fine. Temperatures are going to stay in the mid-60s. That's fine. You know, those early mornings um, is going to be a little bit different. Tiger's going to go late early, late on Thursday, early on Friday. Um So... There are a lot of things kind of setting up well for Tiger, but then we forget that Tiger Woods is human. And no matter how robotic and no matter how calm, cool, and collective he tries to put on the outside, he feels the same things that we feel. So the thought of if you're going to get your 83rd win, do it at the place where your dad used to bring you, where Tom Watson's caddy pushed you out of the way as a little kid overall. Which is a great story. We had that on Sports Center, the new Sports yeah. Center. Today. And and so 
all of that extra stuff and oh yeah you're the host and oh yeah you just did six interviews with local television like tiger doesn't do that but he has to this week because he's the host so like drumming up ticket sales is his gig like that's part of what he's got to do oh la stop it quit hey quit feeling sorry for him He's not. I'm not feeling sorry for him. He what is I'm doing not is doing ticket am, sales. That is the dumbest thing you've ever said. Let me ask you, you something. You put Tiger on a billboard, that's him doing ticket sales. Yeah, okay. But have you ever seen Tiger do local media in Orlando? No. You ever see him do local media uh, for the U.S. Open? No. How do you know? I don't know because I'm media and I'm standing out there with him. He's for, well, first of all, local media is in at every press conference that we're yes, at. Yes, they're and doing in a outdoor. scrum. What he's not doing is one-on-one interviews with every station. That's like, he's not sitting a, down they get a five with minute, local. You and I look, both know they get a five-minute window, and it's the L.A. market, which is the number two market in the country. And he's the host. It's not like it's Des Moines. Let, let me tell you something. Look, what, you think San no, Diego is like a little chump market? He's got nothing to do with that, though. Exactly, which is why he doesn't do a two and three minute interview with local San Diego TV. Hi guys, he's won there eight times. I'm Tiger Woods. I would like you to buy tickets to my event. He he's doesn't need to do anything that. with oh, tickets. Stop it! Would you stop it? <laughs> but if you're throwing a party and you want people to come to the party, then guess what? You got to stand out there and be like, "You should come to my party." I think he's gonna win. No chance. I think he's gonna win. Um, I don't know. I, I, here's what I believe. I would in. love it if he did. I would love it if he did. Here's what but I believe in. If I, it, by the way, if I had the if I had the Kevin Costner speech memorized of here things that I believe in from um, <laughs> what's it, Bull Durham? Yeah, but I Bull don't. Durham. But here's what I believe in. I believe in sports gods and stories. I genuinely do. And I'm a sucker for a story. You know me well enough by now to know that. And I believe the sports gods and the sports suckers are there for the taking this week. Yep. It's such an incredible story for Tiger Woods. And, and I you're believe the reason that. that Vegas has big buildings because of that. <laughs> because you believe that Vegas, there's still construction going on. They ain't stopped building casinos. But tell me how great that would be. It'd be phenomenal. Uh, listen, uh, that's what I'm saying. It is a fairy tale story. It's the same reason in my 2020 predictions, yeah, I plugged it, that I said Tiger was going to win the Open Championship this week, this year. The reason he's winning open this year is because St. George's is the worst venue of all of them. And guess what? It's 149th. Like, this is the 149th open championship. And Tiger, everyone's going to be like, oh, you know what? If Tiger wins the open at St. Andrews, 150th, you know, getting it. Can you imagine it would be so odd? Yeah, it would be. Guess what ain't happening? That. Who hurt you? Because it's too perfect. And Who here, hurt you? It's no one. I'm, How come I am I'm the sorry? negative one. How come I'm the negative one on this show? Yet you won't allow yourself to embrace the beauty of a sports story. I am. Listen, I am a hundred percent Disney all in when it comes to feel good, amazing stories. But that does not take away from the fact that I am also realistic. I say this all like, the time. Just because and I'm I real. Say I say that I'm a realist and you always get on me for that. I know, but and and how funny is it in this case? Like you're the Johnny Fantasy right there. You're like, oh, he's gonna get 83 and break Snee's record, and he's gonna do it at a place where his dad used to bring him, and he this is gonna be great. Some of the top ten, he'll, he'll make himself onto the Olympic team, and this is L.A. and it's his event, and it's the first time. The it's Kobe Angle, like calm down. 
I understand how good it would feel. And trust me, it would be awesome. The problem is he's still got to play golf. <laughs> like, do you not remember Tory Pines and what the fairways average look like there? Like, this is an even more penal golf course off the tee. Here's what Sorry. I want you to do. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Tiger, if he wins Sunday, in fact, I can send the email on your behalf. I would, I would like you to recuse yourself from any Sports Center coverage when Tiger wins Sunday. No, no. <laughs> and I would like if I would like you to recuse. Look, I'm gonna go buy a jacket and a tie, and I'm <laughs> going to grab him probably by the collar and be like, "How the hell did you do this at a home game? Because no one wins a home game." I want this that's the clip. Problem. I want this yes. clip circulated throughout the building that. Caddy said there was no chance. You were also the same dope that said there was no chance he was going to win another major. True that. That's very true. But, hey, wait, did I own that? You did. I owned it. I was proud of you. I I owned it. And and trust me, if Tiger wins this week, I will will be not not even close as happy as I was to be wrong at this one. But I will happily say that I was completely wrong. And that is also why... I did tell you on SportsCenter, it's Tiger. So you can never say never with him. That's right. But if we're being honest and realistic and you look at stats and how he's performed here in the past, then it's like, well, there's a good chance, a better than 50-50 chance, that he's not going to win this week. There's just too much other stuff that that he has to do. This week, too. That's the other thing. For him, if you're not going to play very often, then when you do play, you got to be locked in and focused. But this week for him, he's doing a lot of schmoozing because he has to. So I love that the potential is there. Yes, he does more schmoozing at this tournament than he does in other ones. There's no question about it. But I also believe when you're schmoozing in your comfort zone, it isn't taxing. Like if I'm schmoozing, you should have seen how he looked yesterday during the Celebrity Cup. By the way, his team was loaded. And one, yeah. And one, and Michael Pena made the winning putt. Who is also going to be a friend of the podcast in a short time to come. Uh, he was actually going to be on the podcast this week, but. His movie Fantasy Island comes out on Friday, so he's like on a media blitz with that one. So our times didn't work out. The other funny thing with Michael Pena was Bubba Watson, who was the captain of the other team, was making fun of Michael Pena, telling him he couldn't carry the ball 250 yards in the air with the driver. And they start smack talking a little on the practice tee. And the shot tracker thingy is out the track man is out mm. there so Pena's like i got half a million so i can carry it 250 and what? bubba without without missing a beat bubba's like i got half a million on my wrist because he has that five hundred thousand dollar watch <laughs> right and guess what Pena does after warming up a little bit jumps on the track man bubba comes over there carries it 257 and I, we ha- yet to be determined. Now, Bubba, the watch wasn't handed over. No, because Bubba was like, "I don't believe these machines, man. I don't believe these numbers." And it was into the wind. Oh, that's you know what? 
<laughs> well, we, we, when we talked to Pena about it, like it was, you can tell it was out there hobnobbing and schmoozing with celebrities. It was a lot of fun and it was cool. And Oliver Hudson's dad, Kurt Russell, was also out on the driving range. Talked to him for a second. He doesn't play golf anymore because um, he has a bad wrist. But um, Oliver's mom plays golf. How's she? She enjoys it. Yeah. She she enjoys it. By the way, Hudson or not Hudson, uh, Pena is five seven. So for him to get into one like that, two fifty seven in the wind, that's impressive. I, I'm gonna make you mad. He got game two. Like when it was all on the line on the eighteenth hole, must make putt for the win. Fifteen feet slider breaking about foot and a half from left to right. Never left the center of the cup. Ne- this guy is money. So so and and Goldie Hawn enjoys the sport. That's what Goldie Hawn Gold- is yeah. Goldie Hawn. Uh, I'm sorry for people who don't know. Uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, father and mother of Oliver Hudson and Kate Hudson, who also you know have their own podcast. We'll talk about later. But um, yeah, Kurt Russell uh, can't play golf anymore, but still loves the sport. And watching him walk up and down the driving range, I didn't even realize it was him at first. You know, and then. There was a couple. I was like, "Wait a minute," because he kept hanging out by Oliver. So I was like, "Oh snap, that's that's Kurt Russell, man!" And then what did he do? Talking golf and stuff. I just walked over and said hi, and he was like, "Hey, good to see you. How you doing?" <laughs> and I was like, "How's your golf game?" And then he starts showing me why he can't. He doesn't play anymore. It's my wrist, and I can't get I can't get the wrist cock. So now, like, it's and I was like, "Well, not even a three quarter where you can just kind of bun it around." Nah. But Goldie was out last week, and she was playing and having a good time. It was really cool. We talk about it all the time, how this sport brings so many people together. Dude, it's Aaron Hicks connector. was out here. Aaron Hicks, the pitcher, who just had Tommy John surgery, is out for the year, not playing any golf whatsoever, was just out walking around. Just wanted to see, hanging out with Larry Fitzgerald. Like It was crazy. He missed the flight. He was supposed to fly home on Monday and wasn't going to make his flight. He looked at, we both were looking at the, uh, we were looking at the Waze GPS and it was like, he goes, my flight's at seven and Waze was telling him he was going to get to the airport at 648. So he was like, he had no chance at that point. No chance. Not in LA. Nah, nah. So he was another one, like chatted with him for a while and he, said too but yeah i'll come on the podcast why not like it it's really cool how this sport brings so many people together and and at something like the celebrity cup cup which was um just a fun tigers now two and oh so this is the second one they had and tigers team won once before now that's the one thing the only downside i think is if it is your event mm-hmm. and you are the host and you do have something like the Celebrity Cup, instead of being a gracious host and let's make teams even and like just see what happens, nah, I'm Tiger, so I'm loading my team because I ain't losing. My victory. Yeah, although he did have Alex Rodriguez and as good as he is at baseball analysis, yeah, not good at golf. Not good at golf. Well, I should say... He's a terrible chipper and putter under pressure. That's a tough part of the game. Yeah, that's kind of important, especially, you know, when you're in a match play. So, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was good. Like you. the four-match match play, there's three groups that go out, three foursomes. 
So it's two on two. You know, and it was, it was just, it was, it was a fun afternoon after everything went down. I'm not going to lie. I'm bitter that I didn't get to be a part of it. Now I'm kind of, I'm not going to lie. Like I caught the pro-am bug. Remember I got to play at Farmers. Yeah, we're all aware. (laughs) (laughs) We know. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a little bitter. No, got it. You're good. No, 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 no. We know. We know. We know what you're doing. We know where you've been. Got it. Understood. Gotcha. So we can't wait. Okay, then. So there's that. Can't right. wait to uh, hear uh, Oliver Hudson talking about it. Uh, coming. I up got just one a bit. question for you. Yeah, what do you got? Is Phil back? Uh, that, that's what I was going to segue into Phil Mickelson uh, last week at the AT&T. Pebble yep. Beach Pro-Am finished third, 14 under, close Sunday, plus two. Saturday was as good a short game I've seen the Hall of Famer have oh. in any round in his career. Can it I was just, brilliant. Can I just tell you, so Thursday after the first round, his partner, Steve Young. So, and I know Steve, you know, so I go over to him. ESPN colleague I, of ours. ESPN colleague and just a really good individual. Also good golfer. Steve comes out of scoring and walks over to me and like is big eyed. And going, Mikey, I, I, I've never seen short game like that before. And he said something that I was like, that's one of the greatest analogies I've ever heard. He goes, in golf, there are two, two different styles. You're either artistic or you're scientific. That's it. Mm. Those are the two styles. He goes, I've never seen anyone who's both. I was just going to say, I was thinking, I'm like, Phil's both. Correct. And that's where Steve was like, I've never seen anyone who technically and scientifically can talk the breakdown of the golf swing and yet can create artistry when it comes to shot selection and doing things around the green. This was Thursday. Friday, Phil took it to another level and then Steve comes out and it's like, I don't know how I'm going to say this to you, Mike, but he is even better. <laughs> yeah. Which had me laughing because it was like, what? Are you serious? And then on Saturday, it was Phil. What does it tell you when Phil Mickelson impresses himself? I mean, right. It, like, the bunker that shot guy. he hit on seven. Oh, that was, it's not possible. That's a, that, it's I, not, you, that's a bunker shot that I want to show a, my physics teacher and go, you owe me a B. You told me and gave me an F because you said I, that this is impossible. And I, here's exhibit A. Give me my B, fool. <laughs> I loved watching it. I hated seeing him tail off on Sunday, but here's how oh. I'll answer your question with his Phil Mickelson back. Yep. I was encouraged to see Phil in the hunt and competing. I'm going to hesitate to give him the full blue check. He's back only because it was a course that he's extremely familiar with. True. And he won on the year before. Correct. But in, in, in a pro-am format, which is laid back in one. So but I, I, I agree it's, with it, you. It's, 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 it's twofold. It's encouraging. We saw vintage Phil, perhaps yes. a new Phil highlight that we never thought we were going to get again. So I think there's a little bit more to it. Um, and we'll see because you've said it before, jokingly and seriously, when you lose all that weight, you've got to readjust the swing to the it's belly that's change. no longer there. Correct. It's, it has to change. And the, the funny thing for Phil, this is where I'm even more encouraged is you have to remember he played last week coming straight from Saudi Arabia. 
So, like, that is not an easy trip. And he's playing this week as well. And now Phil is taking next week of the WGC off. And I think this is where our big question mark is because in the press conference, Tiger was asked straight up, um, haven't heard you say anything about the WGC. And he goes, I haven't answered that question yet. And so they go, well, are you playing next week? And he goes, I haven't answered that question yet. Now, if you remember last year, it all worked out great at the Masters. Yep. But after the week here, Tiger was not 100% trying to play two weeks in a row. No. He had the neck issue. He had the KT tape going. Yes. And now I'm thinking, if you're playing here this week, even though the WGC is 64 guys, a whole bunch of world rankings points, which could potentially move you into the Olympics early, which would be fantastic. So all of that stuff. If the goal is to catch Jack, Mm -hmm. then is it more worth shutting it down next week? Maybe the whole way until the players? No. Or maybe... Maybe playing Arnold Palmer and then playing. That's those what I'm two saying. What, what's he? What he's going to do is he'll go play the WGC and the Honda Classic's going to get hosed again with all the big. They're names. out no matter what. Yeah, they're right? they're, they're no going to get hosed no again. One likes that so, golf course. So you figure you play this week Genesis the 16th. Next, you then do the um, World Golf Championship. You then get the week off to regroup. Then you go to Bay Hill first week of March. The players. Then you shut he's it not down. Doing two, he's not doing four tournaments in five weeks. I'm going to tell you that right now. Who, Phil? No, Tiger. Oh, we're doing, now we're back to Tiger? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were on Phil doing it. Oh, no. Tiger's going to shut it down after this week. You won't see him again until Bay Hill. So you think Tiger's going to do Bay Hill and players back-to-back? Yep. And then I think he shuts it down until the Masters. Remember we debated last no, year about no, whether he would do WGC match he's play? Gonna, well, that's the thing. He's going to play match play. Yeah, remember when he missed that putt to not make it on the weekend? Oh, which is the beginning bad. of my conspiracy theory that proved correctly because he won the Masters. No, 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 no. Wait, he won the Masters. It did not necessarily prove your conspiracy theory, Mel Gibson. It absolutely it did. No, it. He didn't. missed the putt so we could go get get to Augusta and win okay. the green jacket, big Take boy. Take it easy. Take it easy. You know, it's not. It's not, not going to hurt you, everyone. So it'll be like, Maddie, you were right. <laughs> Well, when look, when you're right, I give you credit. When you're crazy, I'm gonna call you crazy. <laughs> and in this case, that's put yeah. that Kool Aid yeah, down. Guy, Stop guy, drinking that. <laughs> the guy from 50 yards in missed a chip shot over a bunker, landed it in the bunker, and then just happened to miss the putt. Yes, because we haven't seen the greatest golfers in the world flub a chip when they're trying to be cute and perfect. Like, that is not something out of the ordinary. It's not like, oh, you never see that on the – yeah, we do. We see that every week. So just the fact that Tiger did it, and it wasn't like he ain't done it before. Remember the comeback, you know, when everyone was saying, he's got the chip, yips, he's got the chip, yips. Yeah, but okay. remember remember what that week was. It was to get some reps. Last week, it was to get some reps. He, he's yeah. like, all right, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to work you. I'm going to work you. I'm going to work you. All Didn't right. work the chipping going into Augusta? Let me really? go. Uh, let me go. Well, he did that enough. And then he texts his guy, hey, get the jet going. We're leaving. We're leaving leaving Austin. 
We're heading over to Augusta National, God's country, and I'm going to win the damn green jacket. Stop it. All right, so I think if, if Tiger plays, if he plays next week in Mexico, then we won't see him in Arnold Palmer. I think there's a chance that we won't see him in W, in Mexico or Arnold Palmer, and we'll only see him at the players. I think everything is on the table. I think a lot has to do with how he feels. Friday when he's done. Yes. Which now, is, it's wild because he has to make that decision. And there's like, it, <sighs> we would all agree. Let's, let's go here. We would all agree that the players is not negotiable. He's in that one. He's going Period. to play. No ifs, no ands, no. Buts. So we were at Bay Hill, you and I together last year yep. when Tiger pulled out. Yep. So that tournament was a no miss, no if ands or buts when Arnold was still alive. Oh yeah, so, he called you himself, right. right? So I mean, mm, I know. I, I that's the that's the coin flip for me. I don't think WGC Mexico's happening. You think he's not playing? I I don't believe he's going to play in that one either. So it'll, I don't believe, and the reason not to say that too is 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 also for me a security thing. Like that is not a tournament you want to call on a Friday and go, Hey, Tiger's coming. Can we add more military? Because right. that's like going from hotel to course and stuff like, like that is, it is a tournament that is on lockdown because it's in Mexico city, you know, which is a wonderful place, an amazing city, but also not the safest in the world. No, there should be honest. Issues, no question. Yeah. So it's like it would be different if it was, you know, Patrick Reed. Not being sure, because it's like, well, we've got four more extra guys. No, no problem. No big deal. But Tiger, you're talking about 40 to 50. Like, where are you pulling these people from? Or is it just like you, you just be ready now and then, okay, well, you 40 or 50 guys, you got the week off. Like, that's one of the things about it. So I don't know, man. I just, but my, I think Arnold Palmer is the biggest question mark. Because I don't know, you know, when we talk about Tiger less is more, is Arnold Palmer worth the risk of one players and then masters? Because hmm. I say no. As much success as he's had at Arnold Palmer and as wonderful as that tournament has been, this is where that new crunch schedule hurts Tiger, which in turn hurts the tour. It's not new anymore. Well, this one is last year was the first year that we saw it really condensed like this, where the majors was, it was, you know, players, masters, PGA, US Open, open. Right. All in month, 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 month. Like that was, we, we never kind of tried to figure out how that was all going to play out, you know? And and my prediction was correct after the Masters that Tiger had no chance at every other major. When you were like, he's getting all of them. Oh, Captain Kool Aid. Yeah, I'd love to check the tape that I definitely didn't say he was going to win a Grand Slam. <laughs> all right, so, Brian Leaf. Hey, Pebble was is definitely going to be in the mix. And Beth Page, man, look at the success he's had there. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't act like this, you didn't say I don't that. Think any of this happened. And I don't have the energy <laughs> to go back and look to prove you wrong. All right. Coming up next. Thank Brian Leaf. <laughs> and the caddy. You feel free to just call this the caddy and the caddy podcast. Just keep doing this. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. All right. Caddy out in LA. Suck it up to the stars. His interview with Brian Leaf. I'm sorry. What do we always ask? Who you bring? 
Why I gotta be sucking up? Who you bring? Who I bring? I bring the highly rated noon sports editor to your television screens every day. (laughs) Bring the Kool Aid. All right, that interview coming up next. All right, so uh, full disclosure. All right, the person that was supposed to be on the podcast today. Didn't come to the golf course. Why not? Because I promised the movie star. Well, see, this person was going to be doing a podcast with Carson Daly and Rory McIlroy, and it was going to happen here. But apparently Carson Daly stayed in New York. So Oliver Hudson, who we were talking about, Oliver Hudson and Kurt Russell was on the driving range. Yeah. So we were like, ah, this is going to be cool. Oliver played in my uh, in my uh, nonprofit uh tournament for me really yeah he's a really good golfer yeah he's really good yeah. and lefty i'm a lefty yep. so i got oh, yeah. crazy love for him so everybody listening now you're gonna hear a lot of people we talked about oliver hudson but oliver hudson's not on this podcast i got ryan leaf on the podcast which is much better that's what i'm saying yeah. like you know what i mean because your story and journey to golf man it's like the coolest it's the coolest thing you now you got to start number one where did golf start Golf started when I was really young. Uh, my dad, you know, my dad loved golf. I, we, he had the old McGregor Golden uh, Bear with the on the, the Golden Bear on the tip of him. Yep. Yeah, the leather real, real woods. Stu- yeah, yes, the real woods. And yes. So I play with those, uh, but I went from sport to sport. Right. So it was football season, the basketball season, the baseball season. So I was a really baseball grip guy. So I would just, you know, I'd whack at it, and <laughs> and uh, I just had I enjoyed fun. And then when I got to college, it became more of a me and my my teammates would, would work out in the morning, and then my receivers and I would go out on the golf course and play until really? it got dark up in up in Washington all summer. Because there's nothing to do in Pullman, Washington right. in the summer when everybody's gone. Oh, yeah. So we're working out, getting ready for the season, so we started playing golf. And I started getting pretty good. And then when I got to the NFL, it was kind of you playing a lot of these you know pro-ams and parts of these right. things. So you, you can't make a fool of yourself, so you better know what the heck you're doing a little bit. <laughs> so the handicaps started going down a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then... When I went to prison, of course, all you can do is think of golf. And I'd watch the Masters every year, and I'd watch the U.S. Open, and and I would just I play Tiger Woods golf on the little video. I don't know what they had in there, like a PlayStation or, or right, like a Genesis. Who or knows something what back it was in the there. day? So yeah. I play a lot of Tiger Woods golf when I was while I was locked up, and when I got out, I never I had only gone outside twice in the thirty two months I was in prison. Really? That's yeah. it? I just. I just I was in the mountains where I used to hunt and fish growing up, in my, and I hated looking at it through Having razor wire. And yeah, man, yeah. And it, and I was just still in a just an awful Bad place. place. So yeah. I didn't do anything, and I just thought about it. And then when I got out, nature became a huge part of like my my emotional and um, mental ther- therapy. To be in nature, be around. So being on the golf course that was huge. So I started going out and walking and playing golf again, and. uh it became a huge part of my my therapy, really, to be out in the outdoors. And it's always awesome to play with a group of guys. And it, it's a five-hour round, and they're complaining. And they're just complaining. <laughs> and I look at them, and I go, <laughs> I go, man, it, dude, it stop complaining. It could be worse. And they're like, so I'm coming on five hours now. And I'm like, well, dude, you could be in prison. <laughs> you know how many times that stops people in their tracks? It's just... It's the best. Just be show some gratitude. Correct. We're in nature. Right. You're playing a game. Right. On a beautiful golf course. <laughs> Have some perspective here. A little bit. 
And so that's great. And that's what's been a big part of my, uh, my, uh, my bounce back, my therapy, um, outside of things to kind of just center myself. And even when I'm playing poorly, yeah, you know, calling games for ESPN now, I, I played twice last fall. So I didn't get a chance to play a bunch. And then I got asked to play in the program today here at the Genesis and I really wanted to play well. So I've been kind of practicing, but still, it still don't matter. And that's what's so great about golf. I mean, you watch the pros hit it and you just right. go, you just go, Okay, there's no chance. There's never a chance. Never a single chance that I'll be able to hit it like that. Right. With that kind of contact. Perfectly. With that kind of ease. With that kind of short with that game. sound. Right. So I'm okay. See, you have such a better perspective than everybody else. Because most guys, when they play in a pro-am, they come out here and be like, today's the day. Well, I, was, like, I had that feeling, though. My best score is 82, but 65 is happening today. <laughs> like, it's going down. Right? 84 today for me. Dude, you were unconscious on that first nine yeah. holes. I walked, I'm walking away with my 84 today, happy. Yeah. Happy. I'll drive you, home to my kiddo and my wife and be like, you, you're, awesome, you're, you're married to a golfer <laughs> now. You are. I'm not going to lie, too. The best feeling in the world is when you hit that one perfect shot and the pro is like, hey, that was good. Yeah. When, a, when the pro says good <laughs> shot, then I'm like, yeah, he, he gets it. <laughs> He, he sees, he, he sees, sees potential. He sees potential. Yeah, and his nose didn't grow when he said that. You I know, know what I mean? He sees I mean, potential. Yeah, Pinocchio was out there today. Our pro was awesome. Adam Hadwin. Oh yeah, the Canadian. Yeah. Solid yeah. dude. So kind. Uh, playing with a, a friend of mine who's Canadian as well. And he just, we had a blast. So we had fun. Missed a lot of putts that, that could have rolled in and, um, but just had a blast. We were the last ones on the last ones on the course. Correct. So it was like as a kid again playing in Montana. You know, <laughs> sun didn't go down to like ten o'clock at night during the summers, and you're out there playing. Well, it went down, but we had the but it was twilight. Twilight, enough, yeah, yeah, which the is light in the Rocky Mountains like that. Oh and man, we come rolling in when it's just dark, and that's exactly what it was today. And I got to do it at Riviera <laughs> the day before the Genesis. Like, who, say, come who on. gets to say that? No one. The, what kind of life do I get to live? <laughs> that's what I'm. saying. I was saying. in a prison cell five years ago. Come on, man. That's correct. You want to hear a funny story? So one of the caddies out here, Eric Larson, was in, in federal penitentiary as well. And when he was in, he, he was in with Chong from Cheech and yep. Chong and taught Chong how to golf. That was one of the things he, he made a golf club and in the yard, he would show Chong how to hit shots. And like, that's how he got through his time being in, in prison was because of Dude, golf. You, you, you choose. If you're going to rehabilitate when you're in there, you have, it's it's simple. It's not it's not a place where you get better unless you make a conscious effort, and make yeah. a choice. So the way I went about doing that is my roommate was a Afghan uh, Iraqi war veteran, and he I watched him every day try to better himself, and I just I had not been that person. So one day he suggested we go down to the prison library and help prisoners who didn't know how to read learn how to read. And what it turned out to be is I was being of service to another human being for the first time in my life. And that's what flipped that switch. And so I knew when I got out, it was going to have to be, you know, mirrored, mirrored in, you know, just immersed in that, in that service part of it. It's about, mm. I could never be the, it could never be about me again. So that's, that's exactly what he did. He made it about teaching a guy a great thing that he loved to do, and that's golf. And that helped him get through. So that's, that makes sense to me. Wow. You know what? It's funny. Like, that's what caddying felt like for me. Cause people would ask when I was both caddying and, and doing stand-up comedy they were like which do you like better and i'm like there's not a better 
like comedy, you stand there and it's the spotlight. It's all about you. Yeah. Like when you're a quarterback, it's all about you, man. You're the star. But it's funny when you do something else, like teaching someone to read, you're like, I'm making this all about you and caddy. And it's like, I'm the guy in the background. I want you to be the star. And it's such a different feeling, but it feels so good. And it's so fulfilling to be able to do something like that. It, it You're doing it for somebody else, but it almost comes back as like a selfish act on yes. your part because you're like, you don't, it, you don't, you, you get the feeling of how great it makes you feel to no you made someone else yeah. feel good and that's just something i never did i was just always so selfish and so you know the last you know five and a half years have just been you know about that and uh you started coaching golf too though i did when i was down at texas uh yeah like with, yeah i mean that was i was in i wasn't in the best place but working with those kids um at that time it was neat i mean the athletic director at the school just realized they needed some structure and, uh, and kind of some guidance and a, a support. What was pretty cool, the Zach Johnson, uh, masters win year. Yep. Uh, we had to go out to the West Coast and play at, uh, battalion or that the old military course right there in Monterey Bay. Fort Ord. Yeah, at Fort Ord. Yes. And, uh, we had Those to go play a tournament brutal. out there. So we had a day off. So I took the kids over to Pebble and I, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, put them out on the on the pebble course and let them play and i went over and played spyglass while they, <laughs> while they played pebble as these college kids these college kids got to go do do that and that's one of my most memorable things and things they always come back and talk to me about dude i they wouldn't like i would have never got to play pebble it's Beach. pebble yeah and you got to play spyglass too. i just went and play i was like there was five of them so they sent out oh, guys going there was, i think we brought i think we brought eight golfers for the tournament so i sent two foursomes out with those kids it's probably a NCAA violation because I bought them rounds of golf. But Whatever. Who cares? No, nah, you Statue didn't. of limitations. <laughs> right? And they'll remember I'll that forever. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, something like that, those guys are going to have for the rest of their lives. It's like playing Spyglass. All right, but I'll, let me ask you this, though. What's the best course you've ever played? Um, I mean, Or your favorite. Let, or let me ask it this way. You're going to play 18 more holes, and you're never going to play golf again. Where are you playing those 18? Augusta National. I've never played it. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Okay. I've, I've walked it and watched it. Yeah. That's the, that's the one my wife knows, like, you know, like babies being born, marriage (laughs) happening. If somebody gives me a call, like, you know, Peyton's a new member out there. So Peyton's like, Hey, you want to, Hey, Leaf, you want to get, we need one more at, at Augusta next week. Hey, hey, baby. Um, right. We get married. That's your hall pass. We're going to get married in a couple weeks. All right. (laughs) Baby, that baby's. Baby's not due in a week. That baby's due in two I'm weeks. I want to be the daddy for the whole life right. of that child. Yeah. I'm only going to do That's the one, one right? That one for me. And she understands that. She knows she does. Funny. Uh, probably the most exclusive club, uh, club I played is Cyprus. See, I've never played Cyprus. It's 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 the exclusivity to it makes it so neat. Yes. It's a little gimmicky. I feel like some of the yeah. some of the things. My favorite golf course uh, to play is the Monterey Peninsula. Country Club, MPCC Shores, Shores Course. That's my. That's now my you play Dunes. I played them both. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, both. I love those courses. Yeah. They are absolutely phenomenal. The Dunes one, where you go out there and play that par three on yep. the rocks in the water. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. The Shores for me is just the design of it's so good, and I've played it well. So. Oh, that's always helps. Yeah. I could play Kapalua every day. I played that too when we've been out there. We had an NFL PA event out there. I'm not a big. Like Hawaii, like an island. I'm an old, tree-lined, uh, 
old school, like here, Riviera. Yeah, I, I'm like that. Go down in the south, play Robert Trent Jones Trail, things yeah. like that. Shoal Creek in in Alabama. So I still haven't played that one either. Yeah, that for me is those those types of courses for me. I just I really like. I mean, you can put up a big number because you can lose a lot of balls. Like I played with the same ball today. I didn't lose a ball. That's how I walk off a golf course and go. Today was a good day. Yeah, one golf ball all day. Like, and I it was never hard to find. Right. It's the best feeling in the world. What'd you shoot? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I still got one ball. I still got two new Titleists in the sleeve. Yeah. Like I only had the one that I use. That's hilarious. What's your favorite pro am that you've ever played in? Uh this is the first one. This was it. Yep. Okay, gotta tell me about them nerves on the first tee then. Uh nervous off ten. Uh yeah. Drivable par four. Hit hybrid. Was and? a little heady about it. <laughs> Hit it 245 yards, perfect adrenaline. Middle of fairway, yeah. I mean, I was I was a little nervous, but it was kind of funny because my caddy had forgot the yardage guide, so he went ran up uh, ran up to get it in the pro shop. <laughs> Your caddy started without the yardage book. He wasn't even there. I had to. Our pro. My, it was funny. My pro, the, our pro carried my bag on the first hole. Shut. Yeah, up. I got a picture. I got a video. of it. Okay, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Adam Hadwood carried yeah. your bag. Yeah, on the first hole. I got video of it. I'm gonna post it later. Um, <laughs> And then I had a 52-yard wedge in with a uh, pretty good, and I put it just short, just off the green. Just missed my birdie by a uh, you know sliver and made, made par on the first 52 hole. 52 yard is not an easy shot with some adrenaline yeah. pumping on. The and by, first by that hole. point, it was like it was all taken. Like the comedy relief was there. My my caddy was the pro. <laughs> it was gone. I was it was not there anymore. You couldn't be nervous. No. no oh man, gone. that's so funny. Yeah. So would you play him more? Of these yeah, now? yeah. I wanted. I've been wanting to play in this one for three years. Uh, a buddy of mine works for the Tiger Woods Foundation. He kept saying, "I'll, I'll give you a holler if, if there's a spot open," and never did. Wow. But a buddy of mine who's a member here, he's like, he's like, he calls me and says, "You want to play in this thing?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yes, I would like don't to tease play me. in this. Don't tease me about this. <laughs> don't tease me. We're in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't call me unless I have yeah. a spot already. Yeah. Yeah. I was disappointed. I was hoping to caddy for George Lopez today, but then all this kind of stuff, you know, work. I want to, I want to, my goals, my goals are to, to play in the American century up in Tahoe. Yep. Cause I want to compete against some of those guys. Yeah. And then what's your handicap right now? The index is 6.3. Okay. So I'm not playing to that right now just because I haven't played this is my fourth round in eight months. Okay. So. Uh, but I'm hoping to play a lot more this spring. Um, more goals? What else? Uh, American Century? And ultimately, the play in the AT&T. Pebble. Know? Yeah. That's like everyone's dream. Yeah. To play in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. The only problem with that one is if Mother Nature is not nice that week. It could be just just god-awful. Oh, yeah. dude. That's like the worst feeling. I have a deal with God, by the way, about when I, when I play. <laughs> wait, wait. We made what? a deal. Okay. When I got out of prison, I was like. God knows this, too? He does. Okay. He's, he's like, if I'm in the Monterey Bay area playing golf, he gives me good, go- good weather for golf. Huh. He or she, whoever you are. Yeah. My higher power. It. It. It gives. It is granted. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make you mad. What? I won the media lottery in 2017 and got to play Augusta yeah, National. You, you, you told me a little about that a little earlier. Yeah. So that is, and it was now that I'm in the media. Can I get in that lottery? Yes. Okay. All you got to do is get put on the Masters team. Here's the thing: too. Yeah, if you win out. that lottery, you can't put your name back in it again for seven years. Really? Once you win, so if you win and get a crappy day, oh well. Oh well. I'll take a crappy day at Augusta. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Right. Unless it lightning. Yeah, where you can't play. And then it's that's the like would be the worst. But. I am I'm totally caddy shacking it if if that's the case. 
I'm grabbing Bill Murray and we're going. And I don't think the hard stuff's coming down for a while now. That's all right. Hey man. Father. I don't have I don't have metal shafts, man. These are graphite. Come on. Yep. They're not lightning rods. Yep. We'll get out here and start walking. That's really funny. How did you and Tiger get to be friends? You were saying you well, and Tiger. Well, I wouldn't call us friends or anything, but I mean. But you, you guys know each other. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was a Nike guy. He is a Nike guy. I was, I was endorsed by Nike when I first came out and I was, you know, Southern California, right? So, um, we ran into each other from time to time on some things, uh, out in, out in the desert. Uh, and then, you know, when, you know, when his life kind of got off course a little bit, uh, there were some some similarities. You know, we were dealing with pain, different kind of pain. And, mm-hmm. and I, I want to say that, you know, when I saw his mugshot in the newspaper, our mugshots looked the same. I was really... Uh, that probably took you back to a place. Well, it did. I was just... And I was... There was an, an immense amount of empathy in that moment. And I'm like, I know exactly where he's at. I'm not saying I know exactly where he's at in terms of... The phenomenal golfer that he's been, the the celebrity, the fame, but all, none of that matters. No, none of that matters at that time. No, nah. it's this. You know, pain is one thing, but to put yourself in that kind of state, um, I know what that feels like to chase that all the time. And because you, you're you're not willing to say, "Hey, I have a I have a problem. Can you please help me?" And you know what I really heard, and and what I'm really glad to hear is, you know, his agent, and I think a lot of people that were enablers in his life, finally said, "Hey." And held him accountable for some things, which I thought was amazing. Those are the friends that you'll carry with you the rest of life. The ones that actually show you the mirror when you need to see it the most. Yeah. And so I reached out. The ones that aren't afraid to risk the friendship. Right. Right. Because they're like, I don't want, that's not the friendship I want. Correct. You're not the golden goose to me. Correct. And those that are like that. I don't want your money, man. I want your friendship. I want, I want, I want the man, the father, the, all those things, right? Yeah. And they did that. And I reached out to, I had reached out to Mr. Steinberg, uh, at, during that time and just said, Hey, you know, if I'm, if I can help in any way, um, I just wanted to know that I was there to support him. And sure enough, today I, I, I saw him for the first time in, I mean, I don't know how long and, you know, got to give him a hug. And how, what do you think it's like for somebody like me and for what other people think of me or, or think of me that I step up in Tiger Woods and tell him how proud I am of him? <laughs> and that's what I said. I hugged him and I said, I'm, I'm just so proud of you. Yeah. You know, because we're exceptions. The rule is you go down that path. You're, that's you're gone. Yeah. Okay? You ain't coming back. No. So I've just told him I was really proud of him. Told me he looked great. His eyes were clear. That's yeah. you know, those, those things that, that, that people who have known me my whole life and during the, the problems when they, look at you and can look in you in the eye and, and they just know you're in a good place. Not with all the good things that are going around. Not the fact no. that you won the masters two right. years ago, you know? Right. It's, it's a- cause none of that stuff matters if you're still not right on the inside. Yep. But that's also something that because of your experience, because you were able to fake it to so many people, you can look at somebody and be like, yo, they're faking it. They're yep. not, they're not there yet. And then you can just be there to support them. Say, hey, yeah. I'm here for you if you ever when, need when anything. When you're ready. Yeah. yeah. If you ever There's need There's a anything. surrender and acceptance to something. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's not lost on an individual like me that when I, when I saw him start to playing better golf and, and winning and, and that, you know, you're, you're doing the next right thing. So that just super proud of him. And today was, I mean, 
the first person I saw to when I saw in the locker room when I walked in today. So, it was just, <laughs> which is kind of awesome right. too. You know, you just like, oh, it's just Tiger Woods, <laughs> right? Which never. I try to explain to people that never gets normal, and I'm not starstruck by by actors. I live here in Hollywood, you know. I'm not starstruck by. <laughs> Former athletes now, like if Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw for me, I was a Steelers fan growing up. So Terry Bradshaw is kind of my like guy. If I see him, I'm like, oh, it's Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> but no one else. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. George Clooney walks in. I'm like, that's that's cool. That's George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, golfers. Today I walked by. I met Justin Thomas. I met Brooks Koepka. Uh You had met, never met them before. No, I met George George Spieth today. When I met George Spieth, I mean, this kid's probably almost half my age, probably. Right. And I'm like, come up, George, George. <laughs> and I'm shaking his hand, and the guys like, and I, and I, and I say my name, so they just they don't think it's some weirdo, and then they then the name registers, and like, oh, aren't you in prison? Aren't you in prison? Why are you here? Didn't I see your story? Why, why are the, Why are you here playing golf on at Riviera? <laughs> well, great to meet you, brother. Uh, and then I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that was George. That's that George Speed. Yeah, that's Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Hoffman. How how big is Brooks Kepka in person? Well, I mean, now I know, right? Compared to you, because you're like they're all little. <laughs> They're all tiny. Tony Finau is the only one that like. So Tony Finau's tall. He's tall. not yoked. No. Tony, I flew into Augusta what three years ago with Tony, and uh, chatted him up. We talked. It was great. I met his wife and his kids and his family and everything like that. Then I followed him on the par three, and I was sitting right there when he rolled his ankle. Oh no! And popped it back in. Popped it back in after he made the hole in one, and he's walking off. Seven, right? That's seven on the yep. par three. And I, st- I stop him on the walkway and he's like, Oh my God. I'm like, Are you okay? And he's like, Yeah, dude. It's just, what? then he goes out and finishes top 10 in the Masters. So, you know, he's don't gang- fly to, in- don't fly into Augusta with me unless you want to go through the pain of rolling your ankle, but you'll still finish top 10. I was going to say, and hit a hole in one if on the that three. means I'm going to finish top 10. Yeah. Other than Augusta, man, what course is on your bucket list? Um, I think I've, I feel like I've played them. You know, I feel like uh, if anybody's out there and gets to Montana much, uh, Jack Nicholas designed a course called Old Works in just outside Anaconda, Montana, and he used the. It's a big mining town, and they use the miner mining ore for the sand traps. So all the sand traps are black. Ooh, and it's gorgeous, and it's long, and it's back in this canyon, and okay, that's that one that that. I think that anybody who who truly loves golf is a Nicholas design uh, that I really like, but it's Augusta National for me. I'd love to go up and play the Memorial. I got I went and played. So you know, Jack Nicholas has been on the podcast. He's a a friend, someone someone I honestly call a friend, and a friend did a podcast. Holler at your boy if you want to come to the Memorial. I'm just saying we know a guy that knows a guy. Yeah, I I, I would do that. I went back uh, to Columbus. I can't promise to get you in a pro am, but <laughs> I went back to Columbus uh, a year ago and played in Jason Day's charity event. Good dude, what a wonderful, wonderful young man! And so again, like I met him, and you know he's here to me on my. <laughs> everybody's here to me, but I'm still like I know. I'm just like I take a picture and I go back, send it to my wife. I'm like I met Jason Day, and she's like, "Who? Who? <laughs> your baby? Your baby pooped seven times today. I don't care that this guy." Golf. I'm like, but you don't understand. I know you don't understand. You don't understand. This guy was like world number one. This guy is. He they, was awesome. He hits a ball like really, really good. 
You don't know how you don't know what that's like, baby. Would you like to hear your child pooping yeah, right that's, now? That's what that's what I mean, it really centers you in a hurry. You're just like boom. It's like those golfers I say, Hey, you could be in prison. It's just like boom. Golf ball to the nuts. In right. A hurry. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Hey man, what's been the hardest part of your journey? Like even to get to here, like today, like what would you say I still this is the hardest part? Just what I put my family through. You know, that process. Uh I mean, they just, you know, never knowing if I was going to come home or not, not wake up, mm. you know, so many people die from this affliction. And I mean, I mean, just, just, there's a, a peace and serenity that they have now that they can travel, uh, and not like worry the phone's going to ring. And I mean, you can't imagine as a parent. And now that I am one, that's, yeah. that's the thing that, that sticks out for me the most is, is how uh, how my actions had consequences and effects for others. That I just to think it was just all about me, right? It was just like I'm doing this to myself. I'm not hurting anybody, right? Why do you care what I do, right? And uh, that's not that's the furthest thing from the truth. That's as selfish as you can make it. So that's that's the thing that I look back on. I don't I don't look back and regret anything because I know I wouldn't be the person I am if Today. I had gone through it. Yeah, but. Uh, I would have treated people better. That's no matter what, even if you were just slimy, uh, you know, in the moment, drug addict and, and all that, you can, you can treat people better and mm. still go through that process and come out the other end. Uh, and the, and the thing that I, uh, you know, the thing that I put my parents and family through. Did becoming a father like really change that perspective? I tell people all the time, if you don't have kids, you, you might think you understand what unconditional love is. But when you have a kid, it changes everything. You know, if the doctor just says right then and there, hey, uh, I need your heart. You go, yeah, yeah, take it. And not even blink. My wife hates the fact that I'll be like, if they came and said, your wife needs your heart, I'd be, baby, I love you. We've had a good run. But it's for the kid. <laughs> Someone's got to be around, baby. It. Uh, I tell people this. When they put them in your arms, uh, there's like this selflessness wave that just overcomes you because you know everything you do from that point on is going to be for and about about them. Yeah. And it's the coolest feeling. And then that like, you know, we took him to Disneyland yesterday for the first time <laughs> and it just the look, the wonder we took him on the jungle cruise and these animals. And he was just like, I videoed and his hands are up to his mouth and he's just, Oh, Dada, Oh my, <laughs> there's an elephant, elephant. I mean, it's, and then I go pick him up at school at the end of the day and he sees and hears my voice and it's just a dead run, open arms like this. And yeah, I mean, he can be the biggest pill in the world. Oh, let me tell you about my minute, 13 but, year old now. And let yeah. me also tell you, unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily last, yeah. but there are still those moments, yeah. which is what it's all about, man. It's what it's all about. And everything now with your family, like you and the parents, y'all are in a good place. Yeah. I mean, Hey. You know, what I put them through, they may never ultimately trust or forgive or anything. And it's may, they may see behavior that makes them question things in the, you know, in the past. And that, that's, those are repercussions. Those are consequences to my actions. So I understand that, but I just know, I do know that they're, they're, they're more at peace and they, they didn't need a famous football playing son, right? They just needed a, they wanted a, a son to grow up happy, healthy and safe. And, uh, I think they, they feel, more at ease about that now than they ever have. Mm. And how about our boy Matt Barry not even being able to come hang out and do this? 
Well, he's big, big, big time uh, Sports Center star out there in Bristol. He's so big they won't let him out of the Bristol cage. Nope. Noon <laughs> Sports Center now, rocking it with L. See what I mean? Yeah. They put the band back together. Wearing That's pink what it ties was. and like just be like, <laughs> I'm cool. I think one time when we did play golf, he might have still had makeup on. Probably. I mean, it gets stuck in there. Um, <laughs> when I went and auditioned for my job at ESPN, Matt came down and did the uh, make believe uh, studio show for me. So he helped me out a ton, got me a job there essentially. Oh, so, that's that's yeah. pretty awesome. So I owe him a lot. It's not you know, he is from the Pac-12 though, from you know, the Arizona State. I don't know how you compartmentalize that, but still, <laughs> he's trying to get that tattoo removed. Yeah, he got a tattoo that he's trying to get removed. Is it is it at the small of his back? It's on his shoulder. <laughs> Even better. It's on the small of his it's back. It's right back. He's got a little one. Yeah, it's a little one. No, he's got a little one on the small of his back. He said showed you it yet. You know? <laughs> That's the one he's yeah. trying not anyone ever yeah. to find out about. That one's actually got the devil on it back there. <laughs> the, no, the one on his shoulders is just the pitchfork. No, it's, it's Sparky the devil? too. Okay. Sparky holding the pitchfork. That's that's buying. That's that's see what that's I'm total saying? buying. Oh, man, thank you. I beat. It was a golf match that I beat him. I don't he had have to show it. I don't have the cougar emblem on me anywhere. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. Not yet. No, I'm not getting any. I don't like. So, see, I got Kevin Nagandi still hasn't got his. The deal was, so Coach <laughs> Doug Peterson designed this one. I'm showing him my Eagles tattoo. And when we were out at re- at the American Century, Coach Doug Peterson came on a podcast, and I said, I got to get a tattoo. Will you design it? And that's what that's he came, what came back with. Yeah. I like it, man. So it's pretty solid. Yeah. But Nagandi was supposed to get one. Sucks since you're a Cowboys fan, so it was... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't join those fantasy football leagues where if you lose, you got to get a tattoo yeah. or something like that. Like, nah, man, I'm those not. Fantasy football leagues are those are sketchy for for every ounce of it. That's yeah, just a little bit. Yep. Any East Coast golf courses that you got to come over and like? Uh, when do you get to come to the East Side? Well, I want to play. Let's, let's I want to play uh, uh, Beth Page. That's a cure. I want to play Beth Page. I I, wanna... That's the. I'm gonna tell you something though. That is the only time and the only course that I've ever said no. Monday after the PGA Championship that Brooks Kepka won, would you like to play? No. Nope. No. No, because that, like that course, is just isn't fun. And if it's 30 degrees and blowing 30 miles an hour, like. It's miserable. I'm not going to just play with one golf ball. Um, ball Where control. Mm, yeah. I think I'd like to play there. Um, have you played TPC Sawgrass? I have played with my dad. Oh man, that's pretty yeah. cool. And the Valley Course on the other side is pretty solid. I haven't too. played that one yet. That but, one's but awesome. Any Pete Dye stuff? I, he just yeah. he torments me. <laughs> stadium is, course. What at, we love stadium though. course at PGA West. <laughs> closest closest hole in one I ever had was at the uh, Alcatraz. Two bounces, pin straight down, right on the edge. Oh yeah. really? No, I have zero. I have zero of them so far. Every so. Al- any albatross on a par five? Nope. I got a uh, I got an eagle at Torrey Pines when I was playing with the Chargers. Uh, number seven, um, seven iron from like one seventy eight. Couple bounces in there. Bingo. Uh, and then at Arnold's Arnie spot up in uh, uh, Carlsbad, uh, Aviara. I have an I have an eagle there on a par four. Ooh. So, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Man, this has been such a blast. Thanks for coming to hang out, dude. You bet. Better than Oliver Hudson, who come dissed, on, Ollie. I know he's he's he dissed me this one, but we're, I'm gonna promise to get him on. But still, man, this was better, dude. And I'm so glad. Like this was your first pro am yeah. ever, and you actually had Adam Hadwin, pro golfer, carry your bag on the first yeah. hole. Like that's the best. That 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 alone made it. Then I went I went uh, par birdie to start. So tell everybody what you shot on that front nine. Thirty-nine. Shot a thirty-nine three over, and that was with, with a double with a double on eighteen. Correct on the on the eighteenth hole as yeah. your ninth, which would I mean, it's been pretty good. Riviera would have been studly, right? That would have been awesome, man. I hope everybody has enjoyed the podcast, Matt Barry. You're slipping because you were only on the first half, just talking about stuff that we didn't even really get to do. Pink ties. I mean, pink ties. Makeup, pink yep. ties. Yeah, in Bristol. That's thanks, it. Thanks, brother. Everybody, thanks for listening to the podcast. This has been Michael Collins and not Oliver Hudson, Ryan Leaf with an amazing story. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.